0: And we're back with vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel going over the latest COVID headlines. And doctor, the Blue Jays announced the other day a new policy for fans, either proof of full vaccination or a negative test before you can get in to see a game. That'll start in the next uh, few weeks. And yesterday, Ontario's top doctor, Dr. Kieran Moore, said that he is willing to look at lifting capacity limits at public venues such as Rogers Center. Is the time right for that, do you think?
1: That seems very premature in my view. We still don't know. there's still a lot of questions around the transmissibility of the Delta variant. In my view, what we need to do this very gradually and very carefully, one small step at a time because one wrong decision in a, in a super large venue could translate into a super spreader event. I'm glad to see you know Toronto, Transit Commission, Sunlight, Porter Airlines, Taking the lead on saying, you know what, we're going to mandate vaccination or at least give the option of working from home or getting frequent testing. You know, I'm, I'm loving this because what's happening is that these industries are setting a standard. They're really trailblazers and we have to take our hats off to them because it's not like the provinces stepped up to this plate. The provinces kind of said, you know what, we're washing our hands of this, we're leaving it up to individual industries to decide what they will do. Well, that has a real danger. And the danger is, is that what we wind up with is a hodgepodge of different different standards. And that doesn't serve us well in a pandemic. You know, what we need is really good leadership telling us, you know what, we gotta wear the masks. We have just gotta have to put them on. It's a small price to pay so that people don't die. It's a small price to pay so that our hospitals don't get filled up and that people aren't suffering the chronic disability that long COVID can have. There are also questions around how this is going to affect young children. We cannot just assume that it will act like the same disease in the past. In the United States, we're already seeing upticks in the diseases that children get. Yes, they are still at low likelihood of having disease, but there are more reports coming out of children having long COVID symptoms. And I don't think that any of this can be dismissed. We have to take it seriously and open gradually. And then that includes a in long vent in, in large venues so that we can then act properly and, and make correct decisions.
0: And obviously, the big unknown still here is the Delta variant and just how transmissible it uh, truly is. I mean, we're seeing the impact already here in the uh, fourth wave. So uh, to your point, uh, the timing of increasing, you know, the, the attendance or the capacity at some of these uh, public venues, even if it's the dome and it's open and it's outdoors. Seems like it could be pretty risky.
1: Well, the problem is people are packed together in a small place, you know, so people are shoulder to shoulder. And even if they were to say, you know what, we're going to keep people six feet apart. Is is that enough of a guarantee? Would I myself want to attend one of these venues? Absolutely, I would not. I would just watch it from the comfort of my own home. That's what I would choose to do. This is ultimately an optional thing, you know. So for matters that are truly optional like this, you know, I don't believe that school is optional. We're now opening all the schools. And guess what? They're all unvaccinated. Mostly kids under 12. Still, we don't have an approved vaccine. Now, that could change because we're hoping that Pfizer is going to come out with some data, perhaps in September. But given the side effects that it's seen, there's pressure on Pfizer now to expand the number of people involved in the trials, you know, to four children. So that may even be delayed. You know, the hope that we would have a vaccine approved for children under 12, it's, it's not a given at this point. So we have really no choice but to be a little more cautious, a little more circumspect. And if you take a look at, you know, what the mayor is saying versus what Ford is saying, there is just truly pushback here. The mayor is saying, let's take our time. John Torrio is saying, let's take our time. Ford is saying, you know what, let's not. Let's be a little more open with things. But we've got three avenues that we're following here. You know, what are we going to do to try to get those stragglers to get vaccinated? One is we've got passports. You know, so passports, that, that can definitely, we know that works to incentivize people to get vaccinated. What else is there? Well, we have mandates. Mandates are a nasty word. And so far as, you know, we've seen the provinces saying, oh, no, not us. We, we can't manage the, what the unions say and labor laws. So they're, they're leaving it to the individual institutions. And then we have frequent testing. What about lotteries? How come we're not doing lotteries? Perhaps they can also incentivize individuals to get tested.
0: Yeah. So you think the time has come for some of these ideas and in particular, maybe a lottery, because, you know, up until now, uh, we've done pretty good when it comes to uh, vaccines, uh, fully vaccinated and our vaccination rate. But we've seemingly hit a, a vaccination ceiling.
1: Well, we are approaching that ceiling. I wouldn't say that we've necessarily hit it, but we're approaching it. So we do need to pull out all the stops in order to ensure that those vaccine hesitant are in fact getting vaccinated. And you know what? The number is good. It's 72% of all Ontarians being vaccinated. But remember, in order to really stop the spread of COVID-19 Delta variant, we need 90%. So 70% would have been fine if you were talking about the alpha variant, but because of how much more transmissible, how much more contagious the delta variant is, we need a lot more people vaccinated, 90%. And don't forget, we're sitting at 72%, and we don't even have a vaccine for that 12% of the population that's uh, that's under the age of 12.
0: Okay, I want to ask you, I think, an interesting question because we are hearing, I mean, Dr. Fauci in the States uh, saying earlier this week that uh, probably the U.S. is not out from under this until the spring of 2022 when life can truly uh, return to normal. And I think an interesting question, what a lot of people want to know is uh, what is going to bring this pandemic to a conclusion, to finally ending? And what brought like previous pandemics to an end?
1: Such a great question. If you take a look, there's two things. So consider smallpox. Back in 1980, smallpox basically ended. And why did smallpox die? For one reason, a hugely successful vaccine. It was a triumph in medicine. Then look at the cholera pandemic. Cholera is a severe diarrheal illness that took the lives of millions of people. What was the solution? Environmental, you clean the water, the pandemic stopped it was that easy. Now that's still an ongoing problem. We've got a lot of water to clean, but there's two things, vaccines and environment. And guess what? Either one by itself will not solve COVID-19. We need the combo pack. It's the combination of the mitigation practices we do along with the vaccines because the vaccines we have so far are simply not good enough.
0: So in other words when you talk about environment you mean social distancing, masking, hand washing, that sort of thing that uh, we've been talking about since the beginning of this pandemic. That in the vaccination rate and just time is going to bring this to a final conclusion.
1: And understand too that there's something else going on and that's called pandemic fatigue because how people feel about the pandemic makes a huge difference. All of this requires buy-in. It requires a lot of you know, determination to stay on course with getting vaccinated, stay on course with all these mitigation. It's not easy to do that. You want to turn the fan up instead and keep the fans always on and make sure there are, you know, all the stuff is done. It's none of it is easy because the payback is not exactly immediate and the payback may not even be a personal payback. And yet understanding that the science is getting harder to understand. There is ambiguity here. But that's what good science is. And good science pivots on understanding that it changes. And so so can what we recommend. So can our understanding of the vaccines and what what we're doing to prevent the spread of COVID-19.
0: All right. Well, it goes without saying we have all been tested throughout this pandemic. And that test continues. It looks for uh, some months to come. Dr. Gorefinkel, always appreciate the time and the conversation. Uh, thank you so much this afternoon. Many thanks, Jeff. We'll talk soon. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher with us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.